Welcome to Full Metal RPG live from the Balancefer Castle uh, in the stately hills of Annadale. Uh, and uh, we, whatever, it, it's we're all live in the same place. I'm not going to do the intro. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> so I've got Noland. You just heard Noland with, with me today. Yep. Happy to be here. I've got Kayla. What's up, Kayla? Hey, everyone. I guess I am Lady Kayla today if yeah. we're coming from my castle. Right, exactly. And uh, we got Tyler. Hey, thanks for doxing me, man. <laughs> I mean, I could take that out if you want. I can. Start. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> All right, take two. <laughs> I, was, I was kidding. I thought that was a funny joke, but never mind. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're we're here at. Uh, we, we. Yeah. You. Can, if you're gonna talk, <laughs> talk on microphone. Right, damn it. <laughs> um. But yeah, we're we're here uh, in the aftermath of uh, too much uh, beverages and recycling bins overfilled with our uh, our lovely habits as adults uh, for NACON or SaltCon or FriendCon, whatever you want to call it, 2023. Everybody looks very excited right now. We're all like, there was there were dogs and children and. It was it was a, a madhouse this weekend. Bourbon right? and yes, yeah, so everybody's a little hungover, and yeah, we're, we're definitely in peak podcasting. <laughs> yeah, this is. I got, I got my. We are well biscuited. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had amazing biscuits. If you're uh, in the area, the what is it? The Preservation Biscuit Company. Oh yeah, those biscuits. Uh, you have to unhinge your jaw to eat one of those biscuits. That's how tall they are. So. <laughs> but we wanted to uh, talk about a little bit about what we did this weekend. And then we'll get into uh, Scum and Villainy, uh, which we played this weekend. And then next episode will be Phoenix Dawn Command. And then we'll be doing a, um, <coughs> a review of Phoenix Command uh, later in the month. <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> Phoenix, yeah, yeah, completely different thing. Is, is that going out to everybody? Is that a patron? No, no, so that'll go out oh, to yeah, everybody. Cool. It's, it's too weird of a show to not give it to everybody plus <laughs> i don't have it set up to just send the patrons things that they actually <laughs> see so um well thank you very much for hosting us this year yeah really? super happy we didn't have to travel so that's that's always nice <laughs> secret plan buy castle so everyone can come to your house so you don't have to go traveling yeah to be fair we did rent a castle one time and then plans changed and we had to drop that rental oh right i forgot that people are still sore about that okay rented I, an actual <laughs> castle yeah well it wasn't an actual actual castle it was a castle in america which means That's it's fair. not actual actual castle but close enough because you could due to capitalism people build castles to rent them out <laughs> so, <laughs> um so uh yeah we kind of we kind of started off uh, getting everybody together, and it was just, I think it's the same thing with every post-vaccination uh, get-together I've ever been, is there's a lot of preamble talking to, to get, get going, right? We had to bullshit for at least a day to get everybody used to each other again, right? Yeah, we were slow to get together, and I think you're right. I think that is a 
post pandemic kind of malady where everyone's like trying to remember how do I be social again? Like, oh yeah, I think I know how to do this. <laughs> exactly. It's also the like, man, I haven't got to talk to these people like in person in so long. Let's just like spend a whole day talking so that we can get that all out of the system. We also kind of expanded our normal NACON uh, lineup because we brought in wives and families and people had kids here and it was a whole whole lot wider of a net. Yeah, it was it was a great to have everybody here. Um, there were, you know, it's always with the Frank Convention. That's kind of what the we'll we'll end up talking about what how we kind of organize this. Um, but having people be able to like, you know, opt in and opt out of any activity, I think, is super important. Yeah, it's the open open table principle, right? And uh, I think we have enough people. We should really be running two games at once. But that's <laughs> that's my own particular trying to push that rock up the hill yeah and years past we used to schedule on a spreadsheet and like make sure oh what who's running the morning slot and who's running the afternoon slot and you know that kind of thing it's like ah, eh, we'll we'll get to it when we get to it well we do we still we still make the intention we still make a spreadsheet yeah but nobody wants to schedule their game <laughs> right they all just end up in the bottom in the like well i am running this whenever <laughs> right yeah it's like oh whatever i'm just gonna um I would like to run this thing. I've prepped it or I've not prepped it, uh, but we're still going to try to run it. Um, you know, uh, trying to read through like 800 pages of book before running, trying to learn or run two games and <laughs> classic. I still owe Kayla kids on brooms from two NA cons ago. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe just maybe next time and or online either one <laughs> i think she'll take either one of this that point. is true that is a game that you could totally run online just fine then i have to deal with online tabletops and i'm too old for this okay yeah well uh that's why we enjoy all getting together because we're we we you know we've been gaming well i've been gaming with nolan since like 94 yeah, I think so that's, about... <laughs> that's 1994, not 1894. Thank you. <laughs> You're quite old, but not quite that old. <laughs> yes, we're gonna die soon, but not. That Nolan's soon. a vampire. It's okay. That, that's true. He he does still look like he's 12. I so. am nocturnal, also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think this was all born out of like wanting to do something kind of op- opposite of Gen Con, right? Because we also used to all used to go to Gen Con, right? And that became very difficult. But also we wanted to, before it became difficult, we were also like, we want to do this again. <laughs> we were so high on being together for Gen Con that we decided that we wanted to try and herd the cats one more time a year. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. March, February, uh, late winter when everyone's like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> you know, be inside. Let's go somewhere warm and have a con or something. Right. Yeah. That was an idea to go where it was warm. And I don't think we've. We've only succeeded at that twice, but like... <laughs> yeah. Atlanta was our first one, I think. It's a kind of a, a warm adjacent. <laughs> it's unseasonably gonna... cold right now as well. But like, even when we were in Tampa, it was cold in Tampa. <laughs> so, <laughs> fail. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, Paul even had to break out his, his northern hoodie when he was in uh, when he was in his own town. So yeah, it was... <laughs> not exactly. Um, but we wanted to get together and play games in person because all of us used to play for hours and hours and hours in person. So that's what we're all sort of slightly nostalgic for, I think. And 
Oh god, those like six hour games oh, we used to do in marathon. I think we ended up at eight or ten hours uh, some nights. Uh, yeah, was... we would plan for six, and then we'd be like, "Oh, it's too good. We can't yeah. <laughs> stop oh, at six we can hours." We do one more thing. <laughs> we do. We got another. Thing. Yeah, we got to finish this boss battle, man. I mean, say what I, I will say. What I will about um those uh the the guy that ran those games, but he could run forever. Like that was his superpower. Whether it was good or not was a completely different question. And you would have something prepped every single week. Yes. <laughs> it was a weekly game that was that long. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for reliability in gaming groups. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we all could aspire to. And I know that life, as we all get older, life becomes more and more in the way. It finds a way to do the thing. Um. So, yeah. it's it, But China trying to... uh um get everybody together right is a difficult task when you're in the same city <laughs> let alone have the privilege and and the and the power to be able to go to another city altogether even if it's some other person's co- regular convention let alone convention at somebody's airbnb airbnb or castle um <laughs> right um so how do we how do we feel like we, I mean, I feel like we, we have a strong bond as a group to get together and do things, but like, how do you feel like we are able to kind of, um, get people to kind of get on board the idea? So I will say something that is subtle and kind of behind the background that drives, uh, drives us together more often is the fact that we have kind of somewhat continuous, uh, communication. Mm. Uh, we've got, a Slack channel. I know lots of people have a Discord. You know, if you want to get together with your friends more often, I would actually say like, open up a a Slack or a Discord or something and be chatting and sharing memes and stuff every so often. You know, like just so you're kind of still in constant contact. And it's not one of those like, oh hey, remember me from yeah <laughs> from high school like <laughs> whatever. Uh, because every so often, you know, then sometime around. November, December, someone will pipe up in the SaltCon channel that's been quiet for nine months and say, hey, anybody, where, what are we going to do about SaltCon this year? And that, that's usually what tickles us to, to right. start it each year and, yeah, and keeps us in contact, which drives us wanting to get together. Well, I think it's like we, we start with we're so high after the, after the convention that we, we plan a little bit, like maybe the location, right? right? And then... It goes quiet, yeah, for nine months <laughs> as it's being birthed, and then it will pick up when, hey, should we start buying tic- plane tickets? And I say, no, I want to spend twice as much as I should <laughs> flying to a place. Would you please shut up? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like one of the things is we always have the intention for it. So I think that at the common. Mm, knowing of like this is a thing that we intend to do it's set for like once a year we're going to make sure that we get this thing taken care of and then like as it like like you're saying like with the slack thing just checking in and hey it's we're getting up on a year are we doing this thing or are we not doing this thing right. you have a pile of adults who have some form of probably adhd or or otherwise and setting reminders, which I know that we're actually pretty decent at doing, also helps. So, I'm also good at ignoring reminders. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think 
if you have an online group that you love playing with, I highly recommend trying at least once a year, be like, hey, can we, you know, if international, I know is very difficult, but if you're in the same base, base vicinity, I think it's really, uh, really, you know, the country's not that big, but it is expensive. It, I'm not, yeah. it is a privilege that we have the, the, the money and power to do so, but I think it's, uh, I think it's well worth it to get in person for like a weekend because we've expanded. That's the other part of this is originally yeah. it was two days. Like we get in on Friday and leave on Sunday. And now we're at like Tuesday, Wednesday and leave on Sunday. <laughs> Some people came in the weekend before. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend and before. Spent the whole weekend in the I mean, DC area. It's the privilege of having a castle you can base out of, base camp out of. So, right. I mean, it doesn't hurt that we did not pay the housing fee this year to like help with the costs, which Airbnb can sometimes or choose, insert your chosen house rental company here. Right. Um, that you have to go through. Highly recommend renting a house because we did it in a, a hotel room for the first couple of years. Yeah. And that was pretty tough. Like we tried and we, we were all jammed together like it was Gen Con. Like it was really much a very much a flashback experience. <laughs> like two hotel rooms and then we'd all worth of people would get into one hotel room and all try and play one game and it's just too much <laughs> yeah it was too crowded and we even talked about uh you know renting one of the hotel conference rooms or something that they use for business meetings and so forth we looked at the price of that and it's like why don't we just rent that price why don't we just rent a house and have a kitchen table yeah yeah that was preemie because like tyler's telling me about y'all's plans to like do the hotel thing and i'm like why Get a house. Y'all are grown adults. <laughs> Get a house with a table. <laughs> well, we're all old and don't remember don't remember that this is a service that we can get over the internet. Like we we live on the internet, but we forget that the internet can provide so many services, right? Like tables. Like tables. At, at buildings that have tables in them that also have beds instead of What is this electricity? <laughs> Why well, would you know? Yeah. We, well, we, we even did it in a place where you, you could walk to the food court in the mall that was attached to the hotel. Like it was very, it was very Gen Con adjacent. Like, <laughs> but yes, electricity is welcome and appreciated as well as an amazing gaming room that you two have. So, um, do we have any other tips on how uh, people can get their, their friends together? Um, I think. Also, just making fun of people continuously to, as to whether they're coming or not. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in the continuous channels. Yeah, definitely the peer pressure. The is. goading and the peer pressure is very important, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't worked on one person for a while, but, you know, we'll, we'll you know, he has his own problems. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think just talking about it like if you're super excited about the idea like being the person to be like hey what are you doing in this time frame you know what are you doing that, you know as i've said i'm i'm done organizing conventions right but i still organize a convention yeah like okay. it's <laughs> um but yeah i think that's to me that's my last tip about this is that and maybe buy flats of beer and other booze to <laughs> so you don't have to keep going back uh whatever your uh you know snack of choice 
and or beverage of choices have just stacked. Intoxicating substance of choice. Yeah. Do they sell bourbon in kegs? Yes. Yes, they do. That's a little more difficult to find. Um, but yeah. Pirates. We just need to be pirates. Yeah, just have it kegged for us. We should have it kegged for... We should probably do it in bourbon country one year and then just have go on a bourbon tour and then have you know have them keep one on on hand we can buy a share <laughs> and every year have one bottle of that or two or three saltcon next year let's rent a tall ship <laughs> I, I i'm sure that that could be arranged probably I'm is sure. such a thing yeah i i'm sure that there would be a lot of vomiting though so maybe not maybe not that but and maybe, maybe not from seasickness, just from like tapping the the rum case. Oh yeah, no, it would be clearly a dock. Like we are not uh, anywhere skilled enough to actually take a tall ship uh, anywhere. Depends on how much rum we've consumed. I mean, we can say we're taking it, but it's probably going to sink in the harbor. So, if you sunk it in the harbor, that would be impressive. I I think it has been done and can be done. We have the will. We have the way. It would cost you the same regardless. Yeah, it's it's true. It doesn't matter where it sinks. You're still going to pay for the stupid thing. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, good. Should we move on to talking about what we did? Yeah, let's talk about what we. So yeah, we had kind of a warm up day. That's kind of what I led off with, right? It's kind of like we played some board games though that day, right? Um, yeah, what did you? Yeah, I think we did board games and then we're talking Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, board games. And then I think we capped the night off with just like random party games of like the what Jackbox party pack series or whatever. Quiplash. Yeah, we all crowded into one living room and accused each other of being aliens. It's, yeah. It's sort of a role playing game, except. Everyone's on their phone. <laughs> Actually, it's more like Werewolf or Mafia. Or yeah, yeah. So it is exactly the same as a role-playing game. <laughs> well, it depends on what level of involvement you're, uh, you get into when you're playing your role-playing games. So, Yeah. So, but we, we sent aliens out of the ship or sometimes murdered humans. And, you know, that was fantastic well, as my alien danced on a ship. Right. Was uh, Above and Below... That that was that on Thursday or was that? Yeah, Above and Blow Blow was on Thursday as well, which is a like choose your own adventure role playing game. I think it's a really good like. Well, it's a worker placement board game, right? Yes, it's worker placement. Choose your own adventure. You basically like have this little village thing that you're building, and uh, you the spot that you found, you found like this vast network of caves below as well. And so you can send your little workers or your little villagers down in at least pairs because, you know, buddy system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you can go down into the caves to adventure. And that's where the choose your own adventure piece comes in. Like there's this woman who says that the fish people stole uh one of her chests and she needs you to she needs your help to go get it back but you know that the fish people don't generally steal from from others like what are you going to do yeah there's generally a lesson in the in the uh the decision and usually that lesson is thankfully don't kill brown people 
because it's whatever the monsters are, you're not supposed to kill the monsters. You're supposed to help the monsters in some way or shape or form, and you will be rewarded because there's a reputation for yourself in the cave. Like I finally figured out the iconography because the reputation track in this game is going down in the cave is more reputation. So I think that, you know, you're supposed to, you know, be cool in the cave and then other people in the cave will be cool with you and you get more points. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a fun little like crossover. Like if you want to try and start getting your board game friends into role-playing games, like it might be a good shot to like just kind of slide over. It's like a little light choose your own adventure role-playing while you're crushing them with your workers. The best part is if you play with people who like to role play or GM, then you start to get flavor text added to your choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think that was the first time Brad got squirted with the water bottle for saying something highly inappropriate. Uh, that tracks. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, yeah, we just... The other board game was uh, the Cthulhu one. What's it called? Oh, Elder Sign. Elder Sign. Yeah. Rolling dice and defeating and or being driven insane by the... Cthulhu mythos. Right. So. Yeah, which I'm not 100% certain if we uh, shouldn't have been driven insane because it turns out at least two people were a little confused on the rule system mm. <laughs> to begin with and were uh, maybe doing things just a little bit to our benefit and not to the Cthulhu god benefit. Yeah, well, we had fun, I guess. I don't Yeah, we had fun. Really. You're going to mess up rules sometimes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 fine. It, it's a dice rolling push your luck game. Like the rules don't matter. You rolled click clacks and you said, "Oh, it's these symbols and right." <laughs> so, but then yeah, then we got into uh Friday when we actually broke out a role playing game. Dan had had enough of our shit. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> said, "Squirrels unite." Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. like we had we had, our, our patrons voted that y- yes they wanted Phoenix Dawn Command and uh, and uh, Scum and Villainy so we I thought we should play it so we could give them Phoenix Dawn Command right. Scum and Villainy because Scum and Villainy won the po- so for those that are just joining this now in progress episode uh, we had a we had a de- uh, shelf of shame episode at the beginning of the year and we each brought out different uh, uh, books and kind of pitched them. And then we had a little poll on the Discord, and I got some emails. Oh, yeah, Thank that was you. everybody, not just the... Yeah, it was everybody. It not wasn't just, just the, the patrons. Yeah, I, yeah, I that, wanted everybody to be involved there. Um, and uh, and I got some emails, and those emails added up to Scum and Villainy, which we'll talk about. Uh, but Phoenix Dog Command was right behind that, and it was sort of a neck-and-neck, neck, like, every time somebody voted for Scum and Villainy, they voted for Phoenix Dog Command, somebody else. So. Uh, we decided to do why not both. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we uh, we did Phoenix Dawn Command first because Nolan was like, I I want to play the role playing games. I I don't like these board games and these computer games because you're all here and you've all traveled all this way right. to get your asses here to play role playing games. And I have a role playing game with cards and chits and tokens. Right. It was <laughs> a good. Like, I can't play this online. Right. Or it would be very hard to play. It yeah. On. And th- that'll be in the next episode. We'll talk about that. But uh, a brief summary of this 80 pound game is it's, I think, a good transition between the two. So 
we'll go go further into it next uh, next time on yeah. Full Metal RPG. Um, so uh, yeah, we did play that, and then um, God, my brain is Friday night. We did Ghost Court. Yeah. We oh, that's Court. right. We did Ghost Court. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> if you haven't played Ghost Court, Kayla. Can you can you describe? Had you played Ghost Court before? No, I had not. That was the first time I played Ghost Court. Okay, that was definitely interesting. So basically, the premise is like somebody plays the judge, someone gets to play the bailiff. Um, you have a plaintiff and a defendant. You are given cards to basically like state who you are and what your case is in this matter. Um, or like prompts. Basically, you get to make up the rest of it. Um, and there's court reporter, which may be my favorite portion of the whole game. Yeah. Don't skip on the court reporter. It's legit. Yes. I mean, well, you can play. I want to. I don't want to dissuade people from playing it with just like three people. <laughs> you know, it's you could play with three, but if you have more people, get them involved. Get them in the court reporter, the bailiff, the clerk, all those people. But yeah, you ju- really just can. You can really have the judge and the defendant and uh, plaintiff. Yeah. Plaintiff. But that's uh, Jason Morningstar, right? Yes, that's, correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... Bully Pulpit Games. Bully Pulpit Games. It is a lot of fun. I think I like Goth Court better, but Uh-oh, like... I've not played Goth. I've, I played it at uh, Big Bad Con. We had Goth Court, so it was even more delightfully bizarre. Um, but yeah, I think we had some real... Once people figure out we could ham it up... Once I stopped being the clerk and organizing the cards and I could ham it up, I think everybody else figured out we could ham it up. And yeah. then the real fun. Yeah. Once got- you start chewing the scenery, you're really <laughs> on your way. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I we may have skipped over this. Basically, like some people are alive and some people are ghosts in this ghost court. And so you have like the living trying to make sure that the dead don't like, you know, mess up their garden or whatever. Or... In some instances, you have ghosts that are just, like, they said, tell death to us part, and they are ready for a damn divorce at this point. (laughs) So, um, and it's definitely treated like the court television episode. So, like, that's what the reporter comes in for, is to kind of do the wrap-up at the end. Yeah, it's the people's court. It's really Judge Judy or whatever, yeah. Judge Judge Wapner or whatever. Yeah, any of those. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think that once you figure out you can ham the hell out of the because the the cases only last like five minutes max because it's each player get each def, uh defendant and uh plaintiff get a minute to talk tell their case and the judge gets three minutes to ask questions. Now I think you could just throw the the timers out if you really yeah. if you really wanted to. Well, I I think that might be the first time I've ever played with the actual timers. Yeah, there's a. There's timers to keep it punchy and <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think it's a lot of fun to just like, okay, I'm the new judge and I am now the I'm Judge Ironhead and I will listen to your you know like just randomly adopt a a, a stereotype or a you know a good not a stereotype at least a a good interesting character for three to five minutes right and you can. <clears throat> definitely just change the roles every time so not everybody has to be the judge the whole time and i would highly recommend this game for anybody that needs any kind of filler game in between or a large group game or a large group game it's you know it's not super deep but it 
is a lot of fun and thing has 20 or 30 ca- cards for cases in there like 32 cards or yeah. cases or whatever and there's yeah 30 some odd cases and so you know each one you can do in 10 minutes you know including the setup and tear down <laughs> or right. less and then you can just roll immediately on to the next one so if you need to play for an hour between things you can you know do six or seven cards right uh and if you need 20 minutes while your friends are out getting pizza you can play for 10 minutes right yeah yeah just slap it on the table like all right squirrels we're playing this you know so and that was a lot of fun so you know our local group uh here we do our get-togethers we normally run three or four tables and ghost court is the uh the game that people will kind of play uh while they're waiting for the other tables to wrap up, like somebody will finish earlier, and we usually like to sit around and have a debrief and talk about all the all the games that got played that day. Uh, but some table will obviously finish forty five minutes early. Uh, sit around for forty five minutes. To... I mean, do you have a communal gavel for that? Yes, we do now. Okay, because I, I actually sent them <laughs> the people that host that. Because turns out you can buy gavels on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he's the devil, but I mean. It's a gavel. It's a lot of fun to yeah. swing around. Oh, it, I, I I bought a I bought a robe and a wig oh, too. Yeah, okay, okay, for the judge. Yeah. yeah, it should be it should be one of those old fashioned like uh, curled wig. Yeah, British yes. curled wigs. <laughs> British so, curled wigs. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be back. I think it'll be back. Um, and then uh, we played uh, Phase Anatomy. Yes, right? Phase Anatomy. Which. Nolan, this is your weirdness, so you can. This keep is my going. weirdness. All right, it, the weird, the weirdest game is always Nolan's game, right? Um, yeah, the weird indie nonsense is me. So this uh, game is a medical procedural game, but full of nerd stuff. Uh, the pitches that it's you know, um, kind of like Scrubs or House or any of those things, but like utterly ridiculous. Everybody. All the doctors are vampires or werewolves or ghosts or robots or space aliens or anything you care to have. And random humans. You right. Know. And it's uh, it's basically a, a simple deduction game. Everybody takes on uh, ridiculous, uh, ridiculous roles as doctors and nurses and so forth. And one person who's not even really the GM, they're really just the facilitator, uh, takes on the role of the patient. Uh, and the doctors are all trying to deduce what the patient has. Um, and they, that's which you just roll and they have to do these, uh, very, they have to demonstrate these various symptoms, uh, which will cut down and cut down and cut down on the doctor's options. So they can generally hone in on what supernatural nonsense disease, uh, the patient has. Uh, but meanwhile, the doctors are using up their resources and getting exhausted and so forth. But the only way to uh, get rid of their exhaustion is to engage in stupid medical show drama and make out in the closet or get addicted to painkillers or <laughs> whatever. And so it's a silly, silly uh, comedy game about, you know, supernatural doctors treating supernatural disease in a soap opera yeah i mean scrubs yeah it's scrubs but with supernatural shit right yep um 
Tyler, what did you think of uh, Phase Anatomy? Uh, I didn't actually play. I went oh. to called it early that yeah, night. Yeah, you went to sleep. Oh, that's right. Okay. Jake said he was very surprised by it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because uh, our friend Jake, who has left already on a very early flight, the poor bastard, um, <laughs> he he was skeptical. He was super skeptical, and then by the end of the game, he was he was right there with us. And this game. You should be super skeptical when you read the description <laughs> of this game. Like, this game does not sound like something that would be a lot of fun or would be super ser- serious, but it ends up, because everybody has played, done the tropes, right, uh, or watched the tropes on at least one medical show, you kind of get the thing right away. Like, it's yeah. it's really a deduction game. Like you, it It could just be the Game Master, like, it could be the stripped down version of this is like nobody's a doctor and the game master is just acting the symptoms out. Right. And they're just like going through the charts, like trying to figure out like what this is, right? right. It could be charades basically is what the yeah. the basic version of this it's is. It's a simple deduction game, right? But all the role playing stuff you wrap around it makes it, you know, is where all the comedy is, right? Yeah. Well, and that and uh, stool sample. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's by... Uh, Caleb Stokes, known communist and uh, <laughs> red markets and red markets author, designer. <laughs> designer yeah. Um, Kayla, did you play? I did not. Okay. I had uh, that was me all then. of my all of my gremlins oh. had to run through games for D anD D the next day. So right. Okay, so yeah, I was I played. This is how much this is how my brain is fried right now. It's like who's played what? I, um, so I played uh, Doctor Sir Robert, Roger Feynman, uh, uh, the a metal skeleton who is a uh, alchemical surgeon. So he didn't cut people open; he burned them open, and then poured chemicals inside their cavities uh, to make their filthy, filthy human cavities that he doesn't have. Right. He was also he also worked at the uh, the chemical factory across the street the and hospital. drank a martini a yeah. full thermos of martinis <laughs> as he walked across the street both ways. How uh, the skeleton drank martinis, we never figured out. I was gonna say, where did where did the martinis go? They no were one, gone. No one. And knows. He never went to the restroom either. So he just uh, magically absorbed. He's a metal skeleton. He's Wolverine without flesh, like <laughs> red eyes and and a medical coat. You know. Yeah, we had a we had a shark man doctor. Yeah, it's we had all kinds. Yeah, <laughs> you can make it as metals you want. Like this is this is not just like you know fluffy happy times. Like you're trying to determine why the why why there's a werewolf with C diff in your in your hospital. Like what was the other? What was the? Yeah, I forget. Thing, he had arcane C diff of some type. I forget. Thingling. Yeah. C diff or something like that. Yeah. So. Thingling. Yeah, it's it's it, everything. Everything is necrophages, super and natural. Everybody has a super super side and a natural side. So that's why I was an alchemical surgeon. Anyway, right. yeah. Or you could be, you know, an occult uh, hospital administrator or a angelic nurse. We had angelic nurse, right? right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and everybody had, you know, crushes and and uh, yeah. rivals and besties and stuff like that. So. Anyway, that's enough about that game. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> it's a very silly game that can be as silly as you want it to be. Yeah, um, I do think it's a sleeper. I do think it's underrated. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think 
Well, you you tried to offer it how many times at Gen Con, and it yes. always got overlooked for. I mean, I, I was offering Brindlewood Bay, right, opposite of it, and that's very. a very very popular game, right? Um, okay, and then the next day, we played um, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy, all flesh must be eaten, Unisystem. conspiracy X, <laughs> ongoing random game that we've Witchcraft. been playing for <laughs> seven or eight years now, more than that. Well, it's, it's all the ge- well, no, because. Miami Vices is Correct. the ver- so Woodfin, aka Brad, uh, uh, he has been running Southern Cross for what fifteen years now, twenty yeah. years now. He and Paul were the co GMs of it originally back in Indiana in Lafayette, right? Uh, so they had it as their co GM game for the longest time, and that was the more low powered, more you know, detective version of it. But when we started, <clears throat> when we started. Uh, our little friend con here, they, uh, it got flipped over and Paul kind of decided, eh, you know, it's Brad's thing now. I moved away. Brad's in charge of the thing. And so Brad did, did it and took it. And eventually we retired those kind of first characters. And now there's like a super overpowered version where everybody has <laughs> yeah, like, nonsense. And we only play it once a year. <laughs> yeah. I play a werewolf, a uh, bodyguard. Uh, and, uh, I've, I remember some of every game, but I'm usually completely trashed when we play this game. So, like, it, I'm in charge of taking notes, so I'm yeah, the only one that knows what happens right, year to year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's we play this game exactly once a year at the convention. So it's like we're seven or eight epi- games in. It's been seven or eight years yeah. uh, since the beginning of Miami Vices, and it's in Miami. So it's always like over the top in some very specific way, like killing a bunch of Russian soldiers and sticking a, a pit bull CD in their head and send it back to the, the, the bosses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, these are the, uh, is it Laurel K. Hamilton books? Is that right? Yeah. This is loosely based for those that <laughs> less, uh, Bestial, yeah, bestiality or less, uh, yeah, less large or, or members. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those books or, get a little uh, explicit. I couldn't take it for more than one or two books, but right. Uh, and, Paul and Brad have read all those books, <laughs> right? And then you, you, uh, Tyler, you play a, a ghost, right? Annie, absolutely love the character. It is the <laughs> best character I think I've, and I didn't even come up with it. it was Brad's character. I've added a lot of flavor to it, but in general. Uh, college freshman who was adopted at a very young age and as a freshman she was abducted by her birth parents who then took her out to the Florida Everglades and sacrificed her in some sort of dark ritual and became a ghost. Um, so there's a whole lot of like really interesting uh, trauma tied to that which um, most, of the, most of the thing I like about Annie is that her grasp on the world is entirely dependent on how real she feels. And so when she starts to like lose control over like her ability to remain on this world, she has to go and do like human things. So the thing I like to do, cause she was a college freshman on, I think a volleyball scholarship, no, lacrosse scholarship. Um, I'd go for a run. She goes and she like, what she looks like depends on how she feels. And so she just like turns into like, you know, short shorts and running and goes for a run, just disappears <laughs> from the scene for 10, 20 minutes or something. So, Right. It's very, very cool. Yeah. So, and Kayla didn't get to play this year, but you played a social worker hilariously <laughs> yes. in the last uh, 
Brad handed me a sheet and he goes, here, I have this character ready and I'm reading over it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever this says, you're a social, like this is a social worker. (laughs) This is the werewolf social worker. (laughs) Right. Um, But I believe it doesn't like this person doesn't really have any powers per se. They're just in with the werewolves in a way that is like, wait, you you semantic powers you're like a werewolf shaman in training uh, yes i'm i'm an in training you're a werewolf shaman of some kind yes yeah Yeah. although i will say that the uh the guy that won't play a computer hacker or any kind of computer person (laughs) is a computer person (laughs) is a computer person and therefore is like oh i don't want to do my job in a role-playing game he immediately handed you the social worker character (laughs) to be fair he's like we can make you a new character if you want and i was like uh, this is ready we're let's go let's do this uh, like if something is easy for me to slip into it would be this character <laughs> so right. fine so and then i find that my character is always like advocating for annie because it's like we have a certain person who likes to just say ghost do your ghost thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's that that is kind of the uh hilarious uh part of this is yeah the the there's certain roles that everybody falls into, and these characters are probably as close to our character. You know, our our personalities kind of have bled a lot into these characters. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, not Nolan with his zombie seventies yeah. playboy. Uh, no. Sorry, no, that's yeah. somebody else. Uh, Paul has vampire the... playboy from the seventies. <laughs> yes, I have the yeah. Yes, I have the Miami vampire playboy. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that game is always interesting and this time was even more esoteric than it normally is <laughs> brad <laughs> overwrites everything yes, yes. <laughs> brad the overwriter um but yeah so that was fun uh and then we got to scum and villainy which yeah, is hilariously villainy. the topic of this show <laughs> you skipped us eating absolutely entirely too much burritos oh well i wasn't going to mention food but if you're going to go there oh, sorry so, like uh, 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 Mama Tigre, highly, highly recommend. Also, Mexican figure out Indian how Indian fusion, yeah, Mexican Indian fusion, which sounds weird. And then you're like, wait, a naan and a tortilla are not that far separated. So, <laughs> yeah, and spice, highly spiced food in a, a wrap with rice, like delicious. Like, I'm salivating just thinking about the masala fries that were just and looking at the, the, Ch- chimichanga in marsala cheese that was like bubbling like a a, a cauldron as it come out and sit on the table like that shit was good <laughs> and then uh 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 the korean korean barbecue place was just outstanding as well like i could i, I could i would have should have been rolled out of there <laughs> That's why we usually walk there. It's just like a little far for a walk, but like right. the walk back is much, much needed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I won't mention the name of that place anyways. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that was, um, that, the food was great. You always picked a great food. We talked about biscuits at the start of the show. Like I, I'm going to go off uh, sweets, I think for the next month, because we also, uh, had amazing German chocolate cake for like three or four days worth of chocolate cake and pastries and donuts. Yeah, like. yeah, disastrous, completely disastrous. But 
Also, speaking of disasters, we're <laughs> talking about uh, scum and villainy. Yes. Um, this was this was the the number one pick by the the listeners and the people on the Discord and the emails to uh, for us to talk about deeply. We're going to talk about it as deep as we can because this is a forged in the dark game. It's sort of trying to be Star Wars, Firefly, and Cowboy Bebop all rolled into one. So it's a lot. <laughs> Kayla, you were super excited about this. I was. You know what's great is I presented this off of my bookshelf, and then you got conned into running it, which is <laughs> a win for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> well, you also, to be fair, you also said that you... uh you wanted somebody else to run this for you. I don't think so. That was my. Uh, oh, was that was my kids on brooms. Kids, broom. kids yeah. on brooms. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that that was me conflating the two and jumping into the fire for you. So, <laughs> and Kayla wins. And Kayla wins. <laughs> <laughs> There's no winners in role playing games except when there is. <laughs> yes, convenient. Conveniently, I did not have to run this, which is great because I didn't have time to read. The book and understand it because it is one of those, I mean, uh, not quite textbook, but like big enough that it's not light reading. Yeah, it's four hundred, three hundred and sixty pages. Now, admittedly, there it's pretty large text, and the and it's a half size, uh, a five book or whatever. Um, but it is like all Fortune of the Dark games. There's a lot of systems. Put systems on systems, they did, and it's there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so much appreciated that you uh jumped on that grenade. <laughs> well, I, I try my hardest to be blown up as many times as possible. Live, die, repeat is uh not a outside the beltway possibility for me, <laughs> but yeah, I I really enjoyed the game. I know it was kind of like uh interesting hodgepodge that we threw together but i enjoyed it yeah um so we picked uh i think it's the star dancer was the ship yeah which is the um is the firefly ship yep. it's you're supposed to be smugglers and uh just trying to scrape by you know that's kind of the the idea of because you know in forge of the dark there are kind of like you want to direct the play by the group playbook i would call right. it it's like a group playbook in forge in the dark it's or uh, blades in the dark it's your gang and uh scum and villainy it's your ship right because right. everybody knows this is the heart of these kind of games right tyler yeah and you choose a reputation starting off and we chose strange as a reputation and we all leaned into that uh, uh, no one was shocked I was <laughs> not clearly that, not yeah. shocked that this was this was a strange group. Yeah, and in I mean, of course, in Blades in the Dark, we always not or not always, but we tend to choose a cult as our gang. I was pressed into joining your cult last time we played Blades <laughs> in the Dark. I definitely wanted to play something a little bit more aggressive than that, but uh, I drank the Kool Aid. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you had fun at that particular uh, Blades in the Dark session and i think um what i would say about scum and villainy and it is very much straightforward blades uh, forge in the dark there's not too many twists i don't think yeah that I, that was one of the questions i had is like 
I didn't read the book. I, you know, played with you guys. Uh, but I wasn't exactly sure how this wasn't just a straight up reskin of Blades, right? It's like, okay, the gang is the ship. Well, very, very similar skills. The skills are swapped out a little bit, right? But even there, they're kind of, you know, the thing for using the force is basically a tune in Blades in the Dark. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. the thing that I think makes uh, Scum and Villainy different, other than the, the skin, right? Right. Is the uh, way, instead of having a city, you're kind of like, confined to because of yeah, story story quote unquote reasons and that's really all we wanted to write was one city and we wanted to make it a we didn't want people to run out of this city because that's not the stories kind of stories we want to tell so we're going to put demons outside of the city to that's impossible to get out of right? right and yeah that was i think that's a game design choice too where it's like oh you guys are always getting into deep shit because like you're scoundrels and like if you could just run away from the law. <laughs> right. Oh, we're just going to go to the country and hang out till the heat dies down. It's like, no, you need to be in the pressure cooker. Yeah. Right. Is. Well, the thing that does that in this is there's always a hegemony, which is a, some sort of overarching fascist, uh, a regime that controls all of the places you can go. So there is no escape from the hegemony. And so your heated, your heat levels and your one levels always stay, but some systems you're more wanted by the local officials than others, right? So you can escape somewhat, but you're definitely going to fuck it up when you go to the other system. Isn't that right, Kayla? <laughs> yep. So um, that's kind of like, I think that, I feel like that's the difference than just a straight reskin. I mean, a lot of the skin does add more more in different flavors but it's really very close to the to the and and for better and worse right because like that's my thing about forge in the dark is like i love playing it god i love playing forge in the dark games like give me flashback abilities and i will have things flying all over the place in whatever heist or maneuver we're doing right but to get them set up I have a 27 pages of paperwork that we have to do before we start. Right. <laughs> like you said, there's not only everybody's character, there's a character sheet for the crew, for the whole ship, right? right. Like you need a team character ship on top of all the character sheet on top of all the PCs character right. sheets. So yeah, there's a lot to fill out, a lot to understand because I mean, then people have to make choices on that. And like, you have to explain like, what does it mean to choose this over that? And yeah. For all those different sheets. Well, and there's like a billion playbooks too. So let's go through and like figure out who, like, where even is the start of the character sheet. Yeah, it, it, there's like eight character sheets, I think, um, and they're all the uh, 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 stereotypical or archetypical characters from all those different games, right? Or all those different IPs mm-hmm. just boiled down into. There's the mystic, which is the Jedi and the, or the, or the psychic or the psychic, or, you know, <clears throat> depending on how you build the character, how you build it, the mystic, it'll be more like a Jedi or more like a psychic. Yeah. Right. Or the muscle, you could be more like Jane or more like Chewbacca. Right. Or, right. you know, the, or what, you know, whatever direction you want to take it, the, the, the ship adds the, the kind of base flavor and then you start spicing it with how you build your characters and you could have crossover and. It's all, you know, it, it is a little, the, the, this, 
because they're trying to do three different things with one game, mm-hmm. it kind of can be feel a little generic when you're playing it. Like it feels very much like generic science fiction. Like, hey, we can't mention IPs, so we're just gonna right. uh, not IP it up, right? So um, they can't mention IP, but we can as players. Right. Yeah, we <laughs> can. We can totally like, you know, just like write the bebop over Cerberus, and like we're a bunch of bounty. Hun- we're the bebop with bounty hunters, and you can play Jet and. You know, all that. So, yeah. In fact, I think that our ship's name was The Wind yes. and our captain was Leaf. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leaf, the uh, n- non binary <laughs> playgirl, uh, playboy, uh, whatever's up, up, you know, <laughs> named Leaf. Yeah. But that was like, it was spelled differently. It was spelled in the, the, uh, the your the uh, Scandinavian way or whatever L E E F. I appreciated Nolan's character was a doctor who he intended to play like Doctor House, who ended up being yeah. much more like Rick from Rick and Morty, yeah, ended up, <laughs> but on psychedelics. So yeah. it was Rick, but psychedelics. Yes, that's right? true. Right. So, yeah. and and we had the he he was tripping enough. He was seeing the 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 ancient space toads, and they were telling him what to do and hop in the second way and not in the first way. Yeah. I like the. I always like the vices in the Forge in the Dark thing. You recover stress by indulging in your vice, right? And so it's like, oh yeah, I need a like drug addicted doctor. That'll be great. Then we pick the weird reputation. I was like, oh okay, so I'm not just gonna do any of those. I'm gonna be like a weird psychedelic <laughs> doctor. And then all of a sudden, I was yeah, Rick. <laughs> right. And and Kayla, you indulged in in your in the ongoing war to try and free the droids yes. as a droid. The droid revolution. So. Yeah, I ended up being kind of like some weird hybrid of um, the droid from the Solo movie, L337, um, and Futurama. Right. <laughs> it's what ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and someday we'll play that Star Wars game that is free, the droid revolution. That is the droid revolution. I, I think it's an excellent idea. I'm. I yes. may work on that. I think but. that's like a four to six game miniseries. We could probably run that as. Yeah. That that has more legs than that, I think. Oh, it has way more. I think you could do a full like weekly campaign for like Paul a year and I or two. Are so on board with this. Yes. So but I'm also you, on board with this as long as I don't have to know anything about Star Wars. Because, because <laughs> Yeah. You have to know all of the things. Uh, yeah, you don't have to know all the things because we're gonna go way off the map, yes. I think. For Great that, for that one. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, I got to play K three K three, aka Keys. Yeah, uh, you you had you had a slave name that you were rejecting as well. And it was the oh yeah, they called me Kiki, and I was like, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. And then, what what were you playing, Tyler? I was basically playing a uh, uh, reject predator who was um, malnourished and underfed and very lanky, um, who obviously had the clicking of the predator and was called clicks yes and and totally scared the shit out of a, a waitress in the, one of the bars that you guys are in clicks thought he was flirting he said she smelled delicious yep and eyes got large and like uh okay i'm gonna go this way and uh but yeah so and, and the way that it suggests you start is there's kind of some opening situations on the background page for the um the ship so i was like well um 
I don't have any other ideas, so we're going to just run with this. So I just dropped you guys in a bar with a dead contact that you were supposed to deliver an artifact to. And shenanigans uh, went Yeah, we forth. turned the introductory <laughs> trouble into the whole session, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we didn't get to the second scene. Like, we only got through the first scene. <laughs> wow. Um, I wasn't aware. I thought that was it. I thought, I did that, I thought that's I what like, it happened. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I it, thought that's what it happened. We... Well, no, it, it is. It basically each scene I feel like could be its own session. Sure. Right. Because the, the next scene, so you're supposed to deliver this artifact. Your contact is dead. So that means everybody on the planet's going to be looking for you. So you could have a whole campaign that was just you trying to get stay on this moon without getting caught. Right. Right. But we turned it into, um, you know, trying weekend and Bernie's was mentioned because they oh, were probably, weekend at Bernie's was heavily leaned on <laughs> for kids. That, kids ask your parents, but anyway, there was a dead contact they were puppeting out out of the out of the bar while the robot revolution was kicking off from uh, Kayla talking to the serving serving droids. Yes, a speeder bike race. He's were... had a flashback <laughs> of like popping all of the control chips Circuits, off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it it once Forge and Dark gets going and it takes a while to get going, it rocks. Like it rocks the house. You could you can do, you know, the flashbacks and the prep like the conceit of this is if you haven't played it, is you generally have a heist or some other objective and you pick it choose a, cho- a choice and a detail, the group does, and then the game master goes, okay. I'm going to drop you into action in some way. And then with that detail, and then instead of spending like the next four hours planning every move, because you're going to make it and being prepared, like you can just spend the stress on your character to flashback or have something or need something or do something in order to Ocean's Eleven your way through this event. Right, that you planned on having all these things happen. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Plan the heist in the middle of the heist. Yeah. Right, and it, I, I, I just that's why I love it because it just it works so well. And being able to flashback, going, I have a great idea. I should have had two hours ago. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> throw the wheels on while we're driving. Yes, exactly. I, I think it's important that your players in this are all on the same, at least roughly the same page on the kind of heist or the kind of game you want to play. Um, I think that's where we kind of agreed on strange as our thing. Strange turned into basically chaos crew and we all leaned into that and we all like our flashbacks and the things that we, we prepped up and everything basically moved towards that direction. So it, it worked out really well. I think that if you have some people doing that and some people not, it might not work out quite as well. But uh, if people, everyone at the table decides they wanted to be very serious, you could make very, very cool stories as well. It's just a matter of make sure everyone's on the same page and agreeing to uh, yeah, go in that direction. We've got thrown into the intro set, uh, session, of course, so we didn't do this. But uh, typically, that's handled by you have to choose your approach for a mission. You know, okay, you're going to get the gemstone, like whatever. Are you going to go in by stealth? Are you? Gonna, is this a con job where you're going to, you know, go to the ball and steal it, or is it? You know what kind of uh, what kind of approach is the team using uh, to get this, and that's how you kind of agree on what kind of. Well, and also in session zero, talking about, and we right. really did session zero, session one, all as one thing. Yeah, is is talking about okay. I this is the tone I would like to set, 
is everybody on board with that? How can, you know, that, that question I think is what Tyler is getting to, yeah. but yeah, we, you're right. The approaches help like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to do this, but each approach could be wackety schmackety right. or it could be, all right, it's matrix time. <laughs> we're putting our matrix glasses on. We are going to be very serious and very cool this entire time. And, it, you know, as we all know, role, as role players, that's only going to last like five minutes. Let's be honest before somebody makes a terrible joke and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to end up being a, 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 a wackety schmackety time, but we're going to try to moder- moderate. But in this case, it's like, no, you guys are strange. So fine. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and it was the last night of the con and everybody had a few drinks and yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the last game we played. Yeah, I think our strategy there, what our chosen strategy going in was just yes and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was our that was our yes, and that's exactly what I was doing as a game master. Is like, of course, that's what's happening because that's exactly what the way this. It's like, yes, you can flash back to have stolen the biker's keys outside of the outside of the bar and have switched who has the keys while stealing the uh, uh, sacred the the uh, stellar. Church of the Stellar Flames uh, 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 church church limo mobile uh, to chase on, like, you know. My favorite part was where um, someone flashbacked, I think Kayla flashbacked to the junkyard and getting set up with a gigantic magnet. We pulled all the bikers up into the magnet, and the limo came behind it, hit a ramp, spun up, like corkscrew, spun upside down and crushed the bikers into the magnet. That was a lot of fun. And then Bernie yeah. flying out the Bernie fell out the sunroof sun and he was already dead, but he cracked his neck on the ground as he fell. Yeah, exactly. So there is a lot of room in here to do what you want. Once you get the, and I think there's a lot of room for system mastery in yeah. this game that you can really like have a deep knowledge because Every word on the page make has something to do with the system, right? It's not just like yeah, there like when it says find something, that's actually a quality that I just completely spaced when I read right. the book. Oh, you got right? <laughs> yeah. fine armor or whatever. We got, fine doctor's bag. Oh, that means that it's actually like yeah. one better level than yeah, you know what a normal person has. We right? got a little bogged down in trying to find specific rules or specific things, but I think ultimately. We let the rules not get in the way and had a lot of fun with it. So, right. Well, I mean, that's, I think that it, it would behoove whoever is running this and everybody to kind of get some awareness of what, how the system works. Yeah. And, and I mean, when the, the, the rules reference that comes with the, with the, with the kind of print, uh, print pack is three pages. <laughs> now, some of that's like names and other various useful things, but like, it's a lot like this is this is not a light game this is you know that dichotomy of story game and crunchy game that is bullshit and especially when it comes to two particular games forged in the dark and fate come at me anyways (laughs) i feel like this would benefit very greatly from a like well indexed like wiki with all the Mm. rules on it i um, as someone who plays a lot of fifth edition, I am constantly just Googling specific things and trying to find rules on things because it's faster than looking up in a book. And that's what I was missing from playing 
scum and villainy. Yeah, the the index is, I believe, woefully inadequate in this book. That's that that would be a major complaint I would have about this book is like, oh, it's a four page index for a three hundred and fifty page book. Like that's not enough index or granularity to deal with all that is happening here. Now, admittedly, a lot of that is sections that are the same thing repeated over and over again, like all the factions. There's like 30, 45 factions. There's so many systems. There's all these characters. Like, it's not a dense book, but the rules are dense. So you need a denser uh, index, I believe, is really what the. Uh, uh, but, you know. So I've not read the book. How's the informational organization? Like, from Blades in the dark that i have read it's very dense like you said but it's pretty well organized for my flavor of brain but maybe not everyone's right my my issue with reading when i was reading this book my issue was the um it would go deep in the weeds on a subject and then give me a summary page Mm. what i would like to happen is the summary page be first and then go and for more detail. Continue. Would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? And and as someone that was trying to cram this in his brain while flying at sixty thousand feet, uh, in order to try and like run it in another day or two, like and keep reading it. I mean, it's really like maybe like fifty to seventy five pages of rules. Um, uh, maybe less than that. Uh, yeah, like fifty pages of actual like rules but those rules are so dense that it's but then you know it's 50 pages of rules up front and then there's like a starting the game in the back of the game like and while you thought uh blades in the dark was in love with clocks like this game is in love and love in love with clocks like it suggests like five or six clocks to start with and, and like, because you're going to be dealing with all the factions and you have to have a clock for each faction and a clock for, uh, and if you have 45 factions and you, you get faction reputation as you're making your characters and making the ship. So you need at least five or six clocks for all the factions and figuring out what those factions are doing. If you're going to do a more longer campaign, if you really want to get deep in a game, like this game will let you get deep, like, but for somebody that wants to just like pick this up and run it, like you've got to put the time in. And I will admit that I, w- I did not put enough time in to really. Grok. I will say my notice and maybe it was a different experience from like the GM prep side of things. But once we got the game going, it seemed like the GM didn't have to do a lot to like keep the storyline going. It was like, keep them on the track basically. <laughs> Yeah, it was basically, it's still a little bit of like most uh, game, story game uh, DNA games where I'm laying track in front of you. Like I, I, I've, you, you've said a thing, it's like, oh, clearly that's the thing and that's the track we're going and I know the vague direction I'm going because this is what's going to, the goal, the, and that's what, the clocks help with that somewhat is like, oh, when you see positive reinforcement of, hey, this thing got you a check mark towards getting away. And this got you a thing that says getting caught like it positive reinforcement. The clocks help tell everybody. And that's the thing that I think 
was because mi- clocks are in Powered by the Apocalypse. Yep. They're in, and no one understood them when they. <laughs> right, nobody understood them, and it took uh, uh, Forged in the Dark to say no, 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 don't put the clocks behind the screen because that's the thing in Apocalypse World. The right. clocks are behind the screen. The clocks should be on the table, right. and once you put the clocks on the table, it really changes the dynamic of positive and negative reinforcement. And I think that's really handy in a, a kind of moving a story in a direction. And I think yeah. a lot of people felt like Powered by the Apocalypse didn't have this like directionality um, thing going on. So, all right. Um, anybody else have anything they'd like to say about that? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, respond to what you said there. That, yeah, it has... Uh, that Definitely there were... I remember early... Uh, early apocalypse world thing there were so many forum posts about like what how do fronts work what's why is this clock thing going on and yeah you're right putting it on the table is good the other thing that it does that has some relation to the old it's kind of distantly related to pbta uh is the notion of like the failed roles tend to generate our own trouble for the next problem down the road which like kill was saying like newbie was able to rbk was able to quickly uh put new things in front of us and just keep enough track going forward. And I think that that system definitely has proven to work in previous games and works here too. Right. I will also say if you are used to much more, I don't know how to try like transactional systems like D and D you roll a dice and you do the one specific thing. Um, transitioning into something like this where you, it's much more narrative driven. So it's more like PBTA, right? Things, but it's, it's, I think it's less narrative control than a PBTA thing. Cause you're not making moves. You're trying to overcome a thing and you have like a target thing you're rolling dice for, but it's much, it's much, much, much more than the specific narrowly tailored thing of, of a D and D roll, like roll the thing to climb the rope. Right. It's, I'm trying to escape from a, a narrative problem and I can roll the dice to do that. And I can, as depending on the success or failure of the dice, I can kind of narrate how that happens. Right. It, 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 rolling a skill because it's a skill based game. It, it's sort of weird skills, but a, one skill roll could be, Oh, I shoot my blaster. But one skill roll could be like, I navigate an entire nebula and I do these crazy maneuvers and lose this person. Right. It could be, the, the 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 variable in the reaction from a skill is way higher than almost any other kind of game. Yeah, so. because the shoot the blaster, right, is even even that is not necessarily firing at once because it depends on what you get for your effect, right? Because right. you have a much better effect. You might be able to fire it a half dozen times or spray your blaster fire across an entire crowd or something like that. Like it's yeah. or a bunch of bikers who are or a bunch of chasing, bikers, yeah, yeah. you're chasing from your church limo. Um, Kayla, do you have anything? No, I think that that pretty much sums it up. I had a great time. All right. Well, Nolan. Oh, I would just say one thing I think our group in particular would benefit from is at some point I'd like to get us to run at least a mini series kind of link, mm. uh, forged in the dark thing because you know we keep doing the system and we get you know. The group sheet and our character sheets and it yeah. some of the later stuff in there never pays off and we never really truly build the system mastery of like understanding how it all works together because, you know, if we'd played I think if we played this online for four weeks, we'd have a much better understanding of 
forged in the dark. Well, and I was I was thinking about this, and and the question would be because I've run this, would I keep running this? And the answer is yes, mm-hmm. yes I would. I have my growing pains with it. It is like pulling out, like Forge in the Dark is its own particular thing. It's like a Power by the Apocalypse metastasized in many different ways, right? right. Um, so I would, uh, uh, yes, I would run it. Um, and I have considered maybe doing that, doing so after uh, the next break, during a, a break from Cy- uh, Cyborg. Okay. So maybe we'll run more of it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, after I, yeah, after I read more of this book (laughs) and I know I said deep dive, but you know, this is anyways, I'm bad. I'm a bad person. I feel bad. Anyways, (laughs) I should. Why why do you feel bad for running game for us? I had fun. (laughs) Everyone had fun. Right. So, um, I I had a great time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's great. That's all, all we can ask for. You know, there, there is that, uh, I'm trying to uh, help other people, and I f- feel like I didn't completely grok the whole game and bring the whole game to them. But I feel like this is a good sampler, and so if you're interested in what we're saying, you know, you can pick up a copy. I think Evil Hat still sells this, even after I I, I found my receipt and I bought this in 2018. So like, I still see it on shelves. Yeah, so I think it's still in print. It's still in print. So uh, thanks, everybody. For uh, talking about this, we'll talk about uh, Phoenix Dawn Command the next episode after a short break. Uh, for two weeks for everybody else and a, a few minutes for us. So, <laughs> and I want to thank all the patrons. I would like to thank our new patron, Angry Piper. Uh, I'm gonna get in touch after this to see if you're on Discord to ask add you to the Discord uh, channel uh, that every patron gets access to, where I ask weird questions. And we have interesting discussions. Uh, and I ask, and if you want to ask a question of a guest, and I have time before I record, I will ask a que- ask if you have any questions for that guest. And we we did a whole thing about the last question last episode, but I'm not going to ask any last questions because it's not the last question we're going to do in this session. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you'd like to be a patron, you Patreon.com/slash/FullMetalRPG. Or if you want to know anything more about or get on that Discord, which is probably the best thing I've ever done, let's be honest, is keep that Discord alive. You can go to FullMetalRPG.com for our link tree. Or uh, if you'd like to email us, uh, FullMetalRPGBiz at gmail.com. There won't be a video version of this show, but I might stick it up with uh, the Scum and Villainy cover on YouTube. Because we have a YouTube channel because everybody keeps getting, you had a YouTube channel? I didn't know that. So there's a YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Rah!